0: This podcast is part of the BombPod Media Network. I shoot the lights out. Hide till it's bright out. Oh, just another lonely night. Are you willing to sacrifice your life? Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are clean. Careful. For the rest of the morning. You guys hear that?
0: He's out there. to the show, everybody. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and you are listening to The Confessionals, a proud partner of the Pop Media Network and a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Now, this week shows me a little different because we're not doing the iTunes shout-outs because I am pre-recording this show way early in advance because if you're hearing this show right now, that only means one thing. It means I'm in the hospital because my wife is having a baby, and I'm excited about that. So we're not doing iTunes shout-outs this week because it is a pre-recorded show, but I want to let you know after this show is done and you're done listening to The Confessionals, head on over to the Renegade Podcast. You can find us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, a bunch of different places like that. But listen to the episodes. It's a funny show. If you want to hear me talk a little bit more with my co-host Wes Germer from Sasquatch Chronicles and Woody Pratt, Go ahead and check out that show because we just talk about a lot of different stuff. It's kind of like the Seinfeld, of podcast. It's like a show about nothing, but it's still really entertaining. So go ahead and check that out and leave us a rating and review over there as well. Now, this week we have Jason coming on and Jason comes on to share a lot of different stories of kind of like a paranormal haunted house that he lived in. But it seems like it was attached to certain members of the family at certain times, and it actually traveled with them outside the house. Pretty interesting stuff. Let's get to Jason right after this. Okay, tonight I have Jason coming on, and Jason and I con- uh, connected with each other a little while ago, Jason, and you and I kind of hit and miss for a little bit. How you doing?
1: Doing good. I'm glad to finally be on with you because it's uh, been something I wanted to share.
0: So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we were missing each other a little bit there. Stuff. I think you were sick, and then I was sick or something like that, but I'm glad we're definitely getting on. Uh, so you've grown up in a haunted house, and... When you contact me on Facebook, you're like, oh, it wasn't even about your experience. We were talking about something else. And you're like, oh, yeah, Yeah. I've had a haunted house experience when I was growing up. But I didn't know if I should contact you. I was like, dude, yeah, of course. (laughs) Like, that's what I'm about. So uh, I'm really glad you're coming on tonight, man. So why don't you just take it away and share with us what you've experienced?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like it's a story that the experience kind of it's like three different sections of time. Um, I grew up in upstate New York, actually, uh, right outside of Saratoga Springs, which is a um, pretty big, like Civil War era, um, you know, type of surroundings and whatnot. There was a the Battle of Bennington. There was a the Battle of Saratoga, all this kind of stuff. Um, so the little town that I grew up in outside of Saratoga um, had a very rich history with uh, the Quakers and uh, Indians actually fighting each other. And then actually the road I lived on was the road that Colonel Baum took took to the Battle of Bennington into Vermont. Um, So there's just like a a lot of, like I said, rich history and stuff like that. So my parents bought the house in, I think it was 1967. My father moved up from Queens and my mother lived in Albany. Um, they got married, obviously, and then, you know, bought this home. <clears throat> uh, there was one owner prior, and they actually built the home. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't like this old house or anything like that. They built – I think they built the house in, like, 64 or something like that. It was, like, a couple years old when they built it. Um, you know, just typical ranch-style house, all this kind of stuff. Dirt road. Across um, the way from the house, there was an old cemetery that um, – just was kind of there Um, a lot of family plots stuff like that and whatnot but nobody really ever like gave it a peace of mind or anything like that Um, so when my parents moved in my mother had two previous children um, that were older um, And my parents when they got married they created me and my little brother Um, but pretty much straight away from time that my parents and my mother's uh two daughters moved into the home things were just um not really like bad but just always just kind of like off from what they said obviously i was a little bit younger or wasn't even really actually around at that point (laughs) but um there was just always like a, a weird tension in the air um Especially with my older sister, she was probably about eight at the time, um, just acting out a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff could be, you know, typical, you know, kid stuff. But there was, um, as they described it, there was just kind of like this very kind of like just a change in attitudes. Um, but again, they didn't really give it too much of a peace of mind, just because, you know, they just moved, and my mother got married to my father, all this kind of stuff. You know, typical could be growing pains but um everything just kind of mounted from that point um so fast forward to when me and my brother come along <clears throat> um my earliest memory of the house was probably about 5 years old um where you i remember as a kid like just always feeling like something was around me um And my brother, not so much, but I always just felt that there was something always like near me, watching me, that kind of stuff. So it's like I said, about five or six at this point. Um, Then the first, I guess, experience I could say was right around that, right around that, that, you know, initial memory was uh, I was standing in the kitchen, again, five or six years old, and I went to throw something into the garbage can and the garbage can moved like it slid, probably about I don't know between one and two feet in the opposite direction of me throwing something into the can. <laughs> so whatever I was going, what I was throwing into the can, just like you know, hit the floor. It was actually a paper towel, I remember. Wow. Um, yeah, and it just moved. And even at being at that young age, I was just kind of like didn't want to believe. But I, so I'm like, how did that, you know, how did that happen? Like, I'm looking for something that pushed it. Like, you know, at six years old, trying to debunk how this garbage can just like slid across the floor. Um, but I remember at the time, at the same time, just being like, well, if, like that makes sense. <laughs> like, you know, um, it just makes sense that that happens because I, you know, there's this energy that's just kind of like vibrating around. Um, so it's like my first real interact, like kind of like memory of like, okay, like this is going to be a long, like, you know, 18 years. So at the same time, like my sister at this point is like probably 13, 14 and she's just, well, she was eight at the time. So five, six years. So it makes sense about 14, just like wild, um, constantly in her room, um, not really coming out, <clears throat> um, constantly fighting with my parents, um, making everybody's life pretty much hell, like in the house. Um, and uh, she just progressed in that in that manner of just acting out, and probably at about sixteen, she got into um, witchcraft pretty hard, I guess. <laughs> And she was actually practicing witchcraft in her room um, that, like, my my parents, like, figured out she was in there, like, messing with that stuff. And, like, we were, we weren't, like, you know, super religious, but we went to church on Sunday. We were raised Methodist, you know, typical, like, upstate, you know, New York, you know, Methodist family, Um, you know, crossing the house, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, not, you know, not, you know. Kneeling on the floor, floor and like repenting every day, you know, just like yeah, you know, just like a normal like middle class like my dad went to work, my mother was a stay at home mom, you know, just very suburban, right. whatever, you know, normal upbringing. <clears throat> so there wasn't really. why why I'm saying that's because I don't want to paint the picture that like she was lashing out against religion or anything like that. It was just she became very, just very into it. Like she started seeking it out, seeking out other people that practice it and all this kind of stuff. So when she started like kind of doing this stuff in the room, I never actually saw it. So, um, but she was vocal about it. Like, Oh, like we should check, you know, you should check this out. Like she was constantly like trying to tempt me and my brother to, uh, kind of join in. And, um, we were just like, no, like (laughs) not into that. Cynthia, you know? So, um, that's when stuff really kind of went like bonkers. (laughs) Like, um, the only way I could explain it like, you know, just from me being a novice would be, you know, opened up a door, you know, or a porthole or something, you know? And like, there was obviously there was previous energy in the home, but like I said, that her, like even her room, like when you walked into it, um, it was just like sick and like, get me out of here. And um, my aunt actually came to visit around this period of time. My mother's side of the family is kind of intuitive, I guess you could say. Um, my aunt came and walked in the house, and er, walked in the house and walked down the hall towards her room, excuse me, and like literally stopped. Now she had no like no like she did my mom wasn't like calling her up and saying you know this is what Cynthia is doing in the room you know it was just she didn't know. <clears throat> um, And got to the end of the hall and it was, you know, it sounds dramatic, like out of a movie, but it kind of, you know, it happened, you know, and like stood in front of the door and was just like, wow, like, this is really, you know, not good. Like there's a really bad feeling here. (laughs) And um, my mother kind of like escorted her down the hall and, you know, went to the living room and was like, well, yeah, it's kind of funny because, you know, we've been, (laughs) you know, This is what Cynthia is doing right now. She was like, oh, she has to stop. Um, So anyway, she, she wound up running away and like all this kind of stuff. Um, And things just kind of kept, you know, again, it was just an energy thing. A lot of like missing, things that go missing, like constantly. Um, Problems with electronics. Um, not that there was that many electronics in the mid eighties, but you know, just things would just like stop working, um, things missing pets. Like we always had a, like new, numerous cats in the house through this period of time. And it was just, the the cats would just go nuts. They would be in the, in the hallway batting at nothing, <clears throat> running around, sniffing at the door, you know, to that room turn around, like blast down the hallway, like that kind of stuff. And my, um, my bedroom was kind of kitty corner to her door. So it's like a long hallway. So her door was at the very end. Mine was to the right here, looking down the hall. And even at night, like getting up, <clears throat> like, I remember just laying in bed, like just trying, just holding, like I had to have to go to the bathroom and just holding it as long as humanly possible because I didn't like want to walk by that door and it wasn't a sense for, it wasn't, it was, I mean, yeah, I was scared, but it was more <clears throat> when you'd walk by the door, you felt like you were being pushed. And I remember just like cutting that corner and just feeling, and just like feeling something at my back, like for years. <laughs> um, so anyway, I kind of fast forward through that. So she, my sister, took off and then my, my other sister who was older, she went on to college and all this kind of stuff. So it was just kind of like me and my brother and my parents left in the house. So that's kind of like, you know, part one, I guess, you know, it's like, you know, the, 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 the fuse was lit, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, so now I'm probably like, I'm 14 now, you know? And, uh, my, my little brother were like Irish twins, I guess they call us. We're like a year apart. So, um, <clears throat> uh, he's like 13 and, um, like things were calm, like they definitely felt better, but there was always just like an oddness. <clears throat> so I decided to keep my room because I was like, I am not, I'm not taking that room, like I'm just not taking it because me and my brother would bunk together. You know, me and my brother shared a room, and then my two sisters – well, actually, Cynthia had the, you know, her room, and then my other sister had another room. So <clears throat> my, uh, my brother was like, yeah, whatever. He was – like I said, he was just kind of like, eh, you know, you know, what do you do, you know? Um, so he's like, I'll take it. So he takes the room. <clears throat> and the other thing I want to throw out, this room is always cold, um, constantly cold it could be 98 degrees out and hundred percent humidity. That room is cold and there's not an AC unit in there. You know what I mean? Um, so my brother takes it and I'm going to be a hundred percent. you. he went through a pretty hard rebellious stage. I'm not saying like immediately went in the room and like, you know, Oh, like, you know, I'm pissed at the world now. It was just, he just, he changed. Like, he literally changed. Like, I would walk into his room and be like, hey, what's going on? And, uh, you know, he'd be in there, like, cutting up his GI Joes, <clears throat> um, breaking, you know, just breaking things. Um, we had, you know, desks, you know, we, parents got us a nice desks to do our schoolwork on. Like, the he carved up, like, the whole top of his desk with a knife. You know, my mother was like, what did you do? We just, you know, we just bought you this. (laughs) He's like, "Eh, it's mine, you know. Um, Could be a typical boy stuff, but, you know, my brother was very sweet prior to this, you know. Um, And again, it's just that energy. Um, The other thing that happened while this, you know, part two was starting of uh, everything was uh, my uh, parents decided to do some renovations on the house. And uh, they built this huge addition to the back of the, the home. And during that period, that, that I think that, why well, I don't think I know, but um, really kind of ushered in like a new set of problems to be honest with you. Um, yeah, where now it's like, You know, seeing, um, you know, I don't know what you want to call them, shadow figures. Um, Like now, like the visual things are coming. Um, It wasn't, you know, part one was all energy. Now it's like energy and like, you know, black things walking around. Um, And just constantly seeing a large figure and, you know, other like, you know, waist high kind of figures and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, that typical, like out of the corner of the eye, sitting there watching TV and you're like, Oh, who just walked by? Oh, nobody walked by, you know, just nonstop, um, to the point where it, it, it you know, in the beginning it was kind of like, oh, like, like, please no, like, <laughs> why is this happening now it, to like, you know, you just, it was just part of the daily routine. Um, and also, excuse me. At this point, um, like me and my brother uh, both started to get touched like quite a bit, like at nighttime when we were sleeping, Um, it was always the feet. Um, And I know sleep paralysis, sleep paralysis is something that's real. But um, there was probably like five or six times that, you know, I woke up and was just completely like pinned. Um, my brother never really had that happen. Um, but my, uh, but I did. And the other thing that started happening at this point is it became, um, part of like my mother's routine as well. Like she started getting touched at night and stuff like that. Um, again, nothing, nothing like violent, you know, but when somebody slaps your foot and you're sleeping, like somebody slapped your foot, you know, um, you like, you know, everybody knows what that feels like, you know, big touch. So, um, but the sleep paralysis thing, that was something that like really kind of targeted me and just like really scared the shit out of me. Um, I don't know if I'm like more open to things or what, but, um, like I just kind of felt like a lot of the energy kind of like lingered around me a little bit. Um, yeah, it's so the same thing with the animals and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, cats running around. I literally watched my cat do a somersault once. Um, it just kind of was sitting there and just went, I don't know how else to say it, but butt overhead and did a flip from the sitting position. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was, it was a big cat. It's a Maine Coom, white, uh, white Maine Coon cat. The thing was huge. Um, so now... Like I said, my brother's kind of getting agitated a little bit and all this kind of stuff. Um, he, um, unbelievably, um, really dove into Aleister Crowley. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and started, he just, it was like, he started listening like, you know, he's a college professor now. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, he's a hipster. <laughs> but uh, he went, you know, he was like... You know, uh, really got into you know uh, dark. Yeah, you know, I mean, I listen to Ozzy, but you know, he really got into Ozzy um Really got into Crowley um, and started studying. Uh, I remember the book he went out and got. It was called the the Book of the Abramian Mage, which is the book that of incantations that actually Crowley studied. So it was like he went to the source. he was like, okay. yeah, and kind of started kicking around with that a little bit, and had some buddies come over and all this kind of stuff, and you know like minded fellows like my sister did, actually, it was almost like watching this kind of the same thing happen again, um, but at the same time, he wasn't like he wasn't lashing out as much as my sister um, and to be honest with you, looking back at it. Um, you know the kind of like the sets of kids that went through the house. Um, we were all kind of at puberty when we were like targeted. You know, um, like my sister was hitting puberty when she kind of like lost her shit, and uh, so was my brother. You know, yeah. Which they I've heard that I don't know. You know, I'm just telling. You know, it's just what I've heard that spirits will target. Um, you know. Teens, adolescents going through puberty, um, drug addicts, alcoholics, you know, people like that. People like kind of people that are emotionally in turmoil. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he started messing around with that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I even said to him, you know, at the time, like, you know, Justin, this like really isn't a good idea, you know, like, you know, what happened before. And he was just like. Uh, Well, he just didn't care. I don't know. You know, he just didn't care. Um, My parents caught wind of it. They weren't very happy, but you know, he was getting good grades and all that kind of stuff. They probably could have done a little bit more, honestly, to like stop it. Um, But they,
0: but they. Well, he's getting good (laughs) grades, so Yeah. yeah,
1: Crowley. know
0: what do you you know you know yeah well Um, why don't we take a break right now and we'll come back and kind of jump right back into the story with your brother and things like that we'll be right back Again, you left off where you were talking about how your parents were pretty lenient with him when it came to this stuff, as long as he was getting good grades. So uh, why don't you kind of walk us into what happened next?
1: Yeah, so long story Sure, I'll tighten this up a little bit. So he... Um, after, during that whole period of time, now those shadow... Now, keep in mind, along the way, I totally left this out. <laughs> My father was always like you guys are crazy. <laughs> he was an, you know, he was a mechanical engineer. He's German, you know, he's a world war II veteran at the time. You know, he was just like, you know, like, come on guys. Like, you're just scaring each other. What are you doing? You know, but it, it, you know, um, like my father would be, you know, I'd wake up in the morning exhausted and he's like, you know, you gotta get some sleep at night. And I'm like, dad, I can't sleep. I like, literally I went through probably five years where I couldn't sleep just cause I just, stuff you know I was just petrified Um, you know my desk would shake and all this kind of stuff Um, so brother goes through this stuff he's messing around whatever Um, so me and my brother and my mother left on what was like a Saturday in the summertime and we went out. We, I think we went to Saratoga. We went to the track or something like that to catch the horse races. And um, <clears throat> we come back. And my father, okay, my father stayed at the house. We come back, like, I don't know, three, four hours later. And my father is like, and my mother's name is Sylvia. Sylvia, can I talk to you for a second? My mother comes out, and they, they walk down the hall, and they go into my brother's room. My brother's room is, like, turned upside down. Like, all his cassette tapes, like, thrown all over the room. Uh, he had a, <laughs> It's going to sound weird. He had a suit of armor in his room. Like, the suit of armor was moved away from the wall and, like, smack dab in the middle of the room. Um, stuffed animals. Like, what, just whatever. Just, like, mayhem. So, at this point, like... Me and my brother catch on what's going on and my father is now talking to all three of us and he's like I was in the bathroom now my sister had kids at this point and he goes I was in the bathroom and I heard two little kids run down the hall go into your brother's room and he goes, I like, come out of the bathroom I'm calling for Christine that was my other sister I'm calling for Christine and he's like there's, the, there's nobody here <laughs> He was like dumbfounded. He goes, and I walk into the room and this is what I see. And he's like, This this is like three minutes. He's like, What is going on? And then he kind of like laid to my on brother. <laughs> like typical, like, you know, you know, World War Two veteran engineer. He's like, Whatever you're doing in this room, just cut the crap. <laughs> 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 and like, walk away. So now my, my now my mother's like like guys like you know whatever you know just like stop it and my brother like I'm like Justin what the like he's like I don't know like I didn't do this like I have no part of it I'm like yeah but you know what like you're you're doing he's like yeah I know but like it's, it's all like like he's kind of like came clean he's like it's all bullshit right and I'm like no dude like. <laughs> Like, you know what, like, this house is, like, messed up, you know? And I'm like, you know, remember, I went to a psychiatrist. Like, like this house is screwed up. And that, that moment, it really kind of brought him, well, he kind of had his, like, come to Jesus. You know, he just, he got very scared. <clears throat> um, so the other, like, weird part of this, and this is hand hey, to God, is, the God's honest truth. If I didn't witness it, I'd probably be like, uh, you sure, man? <clears throat> so we, he had, to, you know, my wife said that there was those cassette tapes thrown all over the place. Yeah. Every, well, what's I don't know, let's say there was 10 of them. Let's say there's 10. Six of them, upon trying to play after that, all got eaten. I don't know. I just thought that was very strange. And there was nothing wrong with my brother's like tape player or anything like that. It was a nice Sony tape deck, whatever, but they all got eaten. Well, not all, but about half of them when they went to play them. I don't know. I just thought, I always thought that was strange. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know. It's like, what this is it like the kind of like a magnetism, you know, cause they say, you know, spirits are like magnetic energy. Um, you know, maybe it did something with the the magnets in the tape or something. Um, so after this, <clears throat> now my, the, you know, the, this is like part three here. <clears throat> After this, my father becomes the target <clears throat> that's, I don't know how to phrase it. So it's, I mean, it's all still around, you know, I'm, I'm everybody's seeing shadow stuff. We're still losing the re, you know, the remotes and then they're getting put back on the coffee table. You know, dishwashers, you know, being been replaced four times at this point. TVs turning on and off like all those times. Kind of well, it's still going. But my father, um, at this point, um, becomes like I said, the one that's kind of kind of targeted. So, the things that they were, things that were happening to my father was that. <clears throat> apparently what came through and like I said, that second wave of situations with some sort of witchcraft in the house um, brought through a Quaker man and a little his two children a little boy and a little girl so <clears throat> my father over the next I don't know. Let's say we're 15 at this point. We moved when We were 18. My father for over the next, well, honestly, after we moved out, it kept going on. So, um, my father for the next, you know, from that day forward, he's he's passed now. My, my parents no longer own the home. Um, they sold, my mother sold it. She didn't want to stay there, to be honest with you. Um, so, uh, the man, as he called him would just appear to my father, like my father would be sitting in the living room in his chair or, you know, Archie bunker chair and in on the couch, you know, to the right of my father, he would see the Quaker man, like full apparition clothing, color of eyes and everything just sitting there. Um, to the point where my father actually, you know, was like, yeah, he has very blue eyes. He has a black beard. He wears a, you know, he's a Quaker. He has a black hat. He has black suspenders, white shirt, boots, <laughs> like, no, this is coming from the guy that's like, does not doesn't believe garbage, you know, like man of science. <laughs> um, And, there was a few situations where you know he you know I would be like dad you know like with that first incident that that was the first incident where he saw him on the couch sitting sit, like basically sharing company with him and uh, he was very vocal about it and I, that's I always like like okay like dad's like talking about this stuff finally you know after like 16 years um and he was like I'm like dad did, you know did, did you now nobody's ever nobody's seen this man besides my father. And it's like, dad, you know, that's, you know, what, what is that scary. And he's like, yeah, it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> like, he's like, I think I'm alone. I look over there and there's some guy sitting on the couch. <laughs> um, and then, you know, well, what happens next? He's like, well, you know, I, you know, I, I get up and I look over again and it's gone. You know, he's like, It's it's like five seconds, you know, it's, you know, five, you know, seconds. <laughs> so after that incident, um, My parents, um, it was probably a couple months later, um, where my mother, the, the, the grudge was off of the, off of my parents' room. So at three in the, but we had neighbors too. So at three or four in the morning, my mother woke up because she heard the car door open and close. And she's like, oh, wow, you know, Paul's getting home late, you know, next door, you know, typical like gossip stuff. Um. (laughs) She thought, like, you know, neighbors come home, like, bombed or something.
0: Start so, the phone uh, chain. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. You start yeah, the phone yeah, chain. The <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that that was that. She was like, oh, whatever, next door. That morning, my, this is probably the one that freaks me out the most. My father gets in his car, and uh, he's driving to work. And he looks, you know, when you look, you look in your river near, you know, your, your dashboard near and the man is in his car. And he said it was out of everything, all of his, his stories, this was the one that really got him. Cause it really freaked him out. He almost went off the road <clears throat> because he just like yanked the wheel to well, pull over, I guess. And he said all he could see in the rear view mirror was the man's, was the man's blue eyes and, uh, pulled over. He said he could, you know, he could kind of see them perpetually, you know, for a couple of seconds, you know, pulls the car over, you know, looks on the back and the guy's gone. And he said, he just kind of like sat there shaking. <clears throat> like he just, he didn't like he was like, why, you know, what is going on now? Like what's happening um, so through all that situation, you know, um, you know, things are still kind of cruising in the house. Um, it's not as bad though. It's kind of tapering off a little bit. Um, cause I think we're just kind of older now and, you know, we just kind of come to peace with a lot of stuff. Um, but I had, uh, I would have these dreams while this stuff was going on, um, could be premeditated. I don't know, but all I know is I was having them and, um, where I had this reoccurring, well, I'm saying dreams, but it was one dream, um, reoccurring dream of this man that looks like the man, uh, running across what, would be our lawn. It was on, we lived on a, a, like a large hill, it was like a couple of acres running across this hill, like holding a small child. And there was just kind of like general, like it was like a, like kind of chaos, like almost looked like he was running through like a, like what would have been like a war zone, but it was like daytime. There was like, you know, smoke behind him. Um what I can remember it looked like it would be like a, like a wagon fire, some sort of fire. Um, and just this man, like, just like, you know, high stepping it, holding this child. Um, and I kept having like the name like James or Jim or Jimmy or something like, kind of like racing through my head. And, um, so, uh, the other thing that my, uh, I'll condense them all. There, would, this happened numerous, 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 numerous times. But my father would be inside um, the house. Like we have a lot of windows, and there's like a lot of bay windows and kind of all this kind of stuff in the house, so you could you was you could very clearly see outside. And he would just see the man, like Trump, and like the grounds, like just kind of like patrolling the grounds of the house. And um, I always thought that was kind of. Kind of strange because I do The way my father described it, it's like he was like looking for something or, or kind of like just kind of staking his territory. Um, and the the kids, he would see. He my father saw the kids a couple times, but not as much as the man. Um, but he he did see you know uh, like a little boy and a little girl in you know what would have been period clothing Quaker uh, clothing at the time. one thing that really ties into all this is that there was that Quaker Indian battle um, that was, well, the peace feather, there was actually, they they signed a treaty. Uh, The peace feather for that, um, you know, for that treaty was about three miles from our house in like this little kind of like little museum type of thing, you know, that was probably the size of you know, a 10 by 10 room, you know, but this piece feather was like not on our property, but near it. So there was definitely some deep roots um, with the native Americans and the, uh, the Quakers. So after we kind of like piece all this together, um, a little bit older, like I went off to college and so did my brother. Oh, I'll have one quick little story. The night, the, the day I moved out of that house, it literally felt like I was under a microscope, <clears throat> like just all eyes. Like, I just felt like I was like completely being watched at this point. <laughs> and um, at this point, I wasn't really, you know, I'm 18. I'm just, I wasn't really scared anymore. You know, <clears throat> um, just kind of had like a, you know, been there, done that kind of attitude about it. Um, you, get, you get pretty numb to this stuff if you kind of grow up with it. Um, and I've talked to a couple other people that have had, you know, kind of, I guess, light, not lifelong, but, you know, well, kind of formative years, you know, experiences. And uh, you do. You just kind of get numb to it. You're just like, oh, well, there's another black thing and, you know, whatever. So, um, <clears throat> but that day that I was moving out of the house, it was like like a parade of follies. It was crazy. I couldn't like, you know, it's like an hour to find my keys. Um, and yeah, I could have been in disarray, but it was just kind of like perpetual, like just nonstop. Like, like I was constantly being tripped, you know, uh, at the time I had CDs, you know, pick up my duffel bag of CDs to bring into the car. That's, that I remember zipping. It's not zipped. And I spill. you know, it's just like, like kind of all this stuff. Um, And when I, like, I just remember, like, walking out of the door and it was just like, oh, my God. Like, just like a relief, but kind of also had like this, like this deep, like, remorse kind of feeling. And I wasn't remorseful, (laughs) you know. Um, It was just kind of, I almost feel that... of whatever is or was in that house at that time like became very attached to everybody Um, because again it was never really bad besides the negative energy in that one room Um, but it was just kind of like ever-present you know it was like it was almost like a like, like a living breathing you know kind of entity that just kind of sat you know, like in that house. Um and we had a lot of good memories too, you know, it wasn't all bad. You know, I had a great high like I here I'm gonna say I had a great childhood, but you know, it was like, you know, like it wasn't wasn't all bad. Um you know, we had a lot of good times too. Um but so after that, um kind of like when we got a little bit older, me and my brother were just kind of you know, we come visit my, you know, go back home, visit my parents, stuff like that. <clears throat> and it's kind of the same stuff. You know, my mom's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, cats batting at the air and black stuff flying around <laughs> and like, like nothing changed. But you know, again, it was nothing bad, you know, and be like, Oh dad, did you, you know, did you see the guy? He's like like, "Yeah, I'm like, you know, two weeks ago, you know, like, <laughs> it, was just, it was just kind of always there. Um, kind of funny if you think about it. but um, <laughs> So me and my brother were like, me and my brother were like, well, what's up with this? Like, we never like went to the cemetery across the house, across the street. You know, it was weird. Like, we just never went there. So my brother were like, hey, let's go check out that cemetery. I mean, we went in it, but we never checked it out. You know what I mean? We never read sure. tombstones or anything like that. Yeah, we'd go in there and like shoot BB guns at each other, you know? So, <clears throat> so we go over there and we're like, looking at um, what was her name oh so we're looking at tombstones and all this kind of stuff and um, we find um, it wasn't kind of like an aha like you know oh we figured it all out but it was kind of weird there was a family plot um, by the name of Burdock that was a, a man um, it didn't say his first name it just said Burdock on it, it was really weird so I, so I don't know maybe his name was Jim um And two little uh, children. One was uh, Sarah Burdock, who was four years old, and her brother, I think it was Timothy. I could be wrong on that, but Timothy Burdock, who was three years old. (laughs) So there was a family plot with, um, you know, I guess I don't remember seeing the mother. Maybe it was. I don't know. It was a while ago. But I remember like seeing Burdock, which was the highest stone, which at that time would have been the father, you know, usually the what do they call it? Is that the patriarch <laughs> of the family um, has the highest tombstone? I don't know, but usually they're like, that's, you know, you know, the King of the family has the biggest tombstone. So I'm guessing that would have been the father. And then to, yeah. the, to the right of the father would have been the, was the two little kids. <laughs> and then um, a couple of years later, I'm almost at the end, but uh, a couple of years later um, I got married and whatnot and uh, kind of, I've never been really open about this, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, like I've talked to like you know, like people, but you know, it's not something I run my mouth about because um, it's personal, you know. Um, and uh, so I opened up to my wife about it a little bit, and um, she was, you know, she's you know pretty open minded, and she was like, "Wow, that's really interesting." And she was, "Do you ever go to the library <clears throat> and like look at the records or anything?" No, you know, just went to the cemetery like a couple of years ago, you know, so um, she's like, yeah, let's go down to the library. I'm like, all right, let's check it out. So go down to the library and um, across. OK, so where the house is up on the hill across the street would be to the left was this across almost like diagonal from the house would be the cemetery, but it's like across the road. Um, I could probably hit like a like a five iron to it if I you know hit the ball just right. Um, so anyway, we looked at the, the the map of the grounds, and there was a, um, a a church. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a it might have been a Quaker church um, that would have been to the right of the cemetery, which would make sense because there was a house there at this point because it was a big piece of open land. But you know, people usually put a cemetery next to a church, I guess, right? So, um, and it turned out that that church burned to the ground. Um, Not saying that this family died in the church Um, when it burned. I don't know, like it just said that the, whatever we read, it said that this church burned. I don't know if there was deaths or whatever but there was a very large fire in this, this church burned to the ground. And the other thing that it did is that there was large fields. And I guess there, there was a massive fire that just almost like a, it wouldn't have been a forest fire, but like a field fire or something like that. Hayfield fire, I guess, um, that got decimated too. So it was kind of validating a little bit considering like that, that weird dream I had a bunch of times with him, like, the man like running across the field, right. um, you know, cradling this child. Again, I'm not saying that's what happened, but in my dream, I saw smoke and fire <laughs> and uh, the man. So there was definitely just, just like a lot of turmoil. Um, the ground was also very wet. There was a lot of water um, that ran underneath the ground. <laughs> um, like we had willows in our driveway, which is weird for upstate New York, uh, weeping willows. That's how wet the ground was. Um, and they do say that, you know. I guess spirits, you know, tend to channel through streams and whatnot. Um, water, they like water and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of just seemed like a, I don't know what you would call it. I guess like a porthole or, you know, some sort of door was just kind of kind of there at the beginning, and then just kind of kept getting cracked open a little bit further.
0: Yeah, with, absolutely. Uh, stupid
1: stupid kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you a question here and you know you know what? Let's take a break first and when we come back I'll ask you this question here that goes into this whole other round that we're about to embark on here. So, uh we'll be right back after this break. Okay, we're back from the break. And Jason, do you get the sense that this is something that, uh, was part of the house before you guys got there? I mean, cause I mean, all right. So you said that your sister was in the room then your brother goes into the room. They both yeah. dabbled with, um, you know, satanic things. And so, yeah. I mean, do you think it was something that was attached to that room or the house in general? Because I, at the same time, and these are all just thoughts that I was having when you were saying this, Yeah, like at the same time, you said that your dad saw that Quaker in the car. And from that point, yeah. that from that point of view, it makes you feel like maybe there's something haunting the family, not necessarily the house. Uh, and what what are some of the conclusions that you think of?
1: There was my, my, it got to the point where my mom actually reached, my mom was actually friends with the previous owners. Um, She reached out to them at one point and just asked them point blank, like, has anything ever happened, you know? And she was like, no, the house is fine, you know, nothing. But again, they didn't live there very long, you know? Um, They were only there for a couple of years. I guess something could have happened in a couple of years, but um, there was no real history with anything. Um, It could be in this, I mean, I, I definitely could look at it with the the family aspect um because when they moved in that's when my sister kind of started you know at a very young age just acting out like horribly i mean i don't know if you ever saw the movie the bad seed but i mean she was just like (laughs) it's a mean thing to say but i mean you know just like don't kill the cat you know like um (laughs) but um yeah It could be because like my mother's side of the family does have um, that tendency, I guess, you know, Um, you know, her and her sisters, um, not my mom so much. She was always just not dismissive, but not as into it as my, you know, like my aunt, her sister, Marilyn, um, was extremely intuitive, uh, you know, to the point of, um, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, maybe psychic abilities, stuff like that. Um, but nothing, nothing crazy beyond that. Okay. I didn't move to, I did move to New Orleans after, um, for a period of time, actually before I met my wife, um, it was kind of after college, before marriage, all that kind of stuff and um I don't know I mean that's just the city, but it was something that like I hadn't felt since I you know moved um moved away from my home you know my my college dorm wasn't haunted um so <laughs> uh when I got down to new orleans i I did like have almost that kind of same energy kind of thing but it's just so i don't know if you ever i'm sure you haven't have you been down there
0: no but i mean i've talked to plenty of people from new orleans and, and any kind of haunting experience that you have in new orleans i'm sure doesn't surprise anybody <laughs> that's yeah city, that city has yeah. you know such a history with voodoo and all that stuff
1: yeah yeah so i don't know you know that it kind of flared up a, uh, flared up yeah it kind of you know my my and I didn't go down there with like, ooh, let's find some ghosts. Like I'm not, I'm not that guy. Right. I'm not like seeking this stuff out. Um, but uh, I did happen to take an apartment across the street from one of those, you know, raised cemeteries, and um, I would have like, kind of almost the same thing um, with the with the shadow figures and stuff like that. Um, one day I did see um, pretty clearly a you know, kind of a, a pale, uh, it wasn't a woman. It was a girl, pale girl, probably 18 or 19 with like long black hair, just kind of walked by my door. Um, but that was it, you know? So, but the house thing, it was just, uh, you know, kind of just how it went through the family. I always thought it was, was kind of interesting to say, you know, put it mildly, You know, how my father, the biggest skeptic, you know, was the one that was kind of, you know, caught the, caught the big end of the stick, you know, (laughs) after, you know. Um, But again, you know, he never really, it kind of, it it definitely freaked him out. Um, But uh, one time he actually tried that. He was like, I'm like, I don't know if it was like the day or whatever. I was actually there this is actually a, kind of a good story, I guess. Um, so we're, we're standing in the living room. All of a sudden I see my father like sp- sprint over like to the window and he's like, there, there. And I knew when he said there, you know, cause I've been like dying to like, <laughs> like, I want to see the sky, you know? Um, I'm like, dad, where he's like, he's up on the hill. So like we shoot out the slider, the sliding glass door. And like me and my dad are like running up the hill. I'm like, Dad, I don't see anything he's like he didn't either he was like where did he go where did he go like he was trying to catch it you know like like, why did you just ask him a question when he was in the car you know like
0: (laughs) (laughs) pull out the questionnaire in the car
1: yeah it just got to that point where he was just like you know
0: set a trap
1: he actually he went out and got a he's passed now but um he actually went out and got a. Uh, him and my mother went out and bought like an EMF detector and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, they were they would get. I wasn't there for it, but you know I talked to him about it. And uh, they would get high EMF readings in that back room. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like you're like retired, like running around the house with an EMF reader. <laughs> 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 you know, like you know, ghost hunters here. They got bored, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, they did. They did. They did.
0: Well, I mean, but um yeah, I mean, your your sister and brother, uh, did they ever stop doing witchcraft and studying Alice Crowley?
1: My brother did. Um pretty much right after that his room got uh turned. Um like I said, he, he got really scared. Um my sister uh who Unfortunately, I really don't speak to you that much. Um, is uh, a Wiccan? She uh, has gone that route, I guess. If you're going to choose a lane, um, personally, I think it's all kind of should be left alone. But <clears throat> yeah, uh, she still still practices. I guess I should say.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I just I find it interesting. I would really. I really wish we could kind of narrow down because, you know, you've listened to the show. I I enjoy, you know, listening to people's stories and and trying to put pieces together. And uh, I I really wish I could figure out maybe an origin of how this all started, whether it was already at the house or if it was, you mm. know, something that was attached with the family somehow. I just because a lot of times, like I said earlier, a lot of times people talk about haunted houses and it really is confined to the house. But in that situation and stuff, your dad experienced something that was not in the house. It was in the car traveling with him. I mean, that that was something that like you can't say was confined to the house or chose to stay in the house. Like it was very much involved in each one of your lives, you know. And I don't know if the I don't even know if the Quaker is the same entity as what your brother or what your brother and sister's room had going on. And, and like See, I don't it could be so yeah it could be to- totally different things um a lot yeah. of times people talk about because because I'm open open about my faith uh a lot of times people mm-hmm. you know think that I I think everything is demonic and I think a lot of things mm-hmm. are demonic but I I don't think everything is uh I don't understand everything I don't have a perfect explanation but I can I can tell you this that because I'm a Christian and I I do believe what the bible says you know it's sure. uh, in the bible talks about king saul uh saying that he went to basically a witch and he wanted to communicate to a dead prophet samuel and this witch actually summoned samuel's spirit and by all intents and purposes uh king saul was actually talking to samuel the ghost and they, the bible even called yeah. it a ghost and so like yeah. that the, the bible didn't say it was a demon pretending to be the ghost of Samuel, it didn't say anything like that. It just said he was talking to the ghost of Samuel. So that, I mean, if you take the Bible and you actually believe what it says, that leads you to believe that there are such things as ghosts and not everything is demons. And that's, I mean, it's a simplistic way to look at things, but that's kind of how I look at it. So when it comes comes back to your house, in my mind, there could very well be more than one thing going on there.
1: Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent because that was always kind of the feeling. It was like, like I said, in the early years, that's why I kind of like break it up into like a trilogy almost because it was like a shift in energy. Um, you know, in the early years, like, you know, chapter one, it was negative and it was like, like nasty, uh, energy. And then like my brother kind of fell into that a little, you know, and then, um, it was kind of really at the appearance. If you look at it from, you know, a hundred yards with the appearance of the man and the children, um, you know, they didn't do anything, you know, they just hung out,
0: you know, they
1: were just like, you know, cruising in the car, running around the yard. Right. Um, That there was like a happy energy, a better energy. I should say there was still notes of like, oh this room is cold like let's close the door you know like um, there was still things but it wasn't as pronounced it wasn't as bad anymore so I don't know how something would turn off like it didn't really turn off 100% but I don't know how something would kind of dampen like that you know such a strong kind of negative energy you know that if however you want to look at it you know it was like you know bringing people to the dark side of magic you know um The to make that polar shift, it is kind of strange. I, you know, just I don't understand it. But that, you know, that's what it was. You know, yeah. Um, you know, even with my the sleep paralysis stuff as I got older, if it was sleep paralysis, I don't know. Maybe I was being pinned. Um, even when I got older, that went away. But in that chapter one, that's when I would wake up and couldn't move at all. You know, right. (laughs) you know, um, and then it just stopped, you
0: know? Yeah. And I find it interesting, not interesting, but I can kind of relate to, cause you, the way you talk about this, you, you talk as if it's just a matter of fact thing. It doesn't bother you. It's just like, it is what it is. It's, it's, well, I think actually earlier in the, in the interview, you described it as numb. Like you, like you just kind become numb to it, the whole, the whole situation and everything going on around you. You do, And, and I can kind of, I can kind of understand what you're saying with that because I mean I would never say that I've experienced anything remotely to what you've experienced with that house. But before I moved into the house I live in now, uh, me and my wife were living in an apartment and every time I sat in my chair in the living room and I was watching TV, almost like clockwork, every time I was sitting in that chair, I would see a shadow figure out of the corner of my eye walk across the hallway from my bedroom into the bathroom. And I, I, we had, we had pictures hanging in the hallway and I would say the way I would see it would be in the reflection. You would see the reflection in the, in the pictures walking wow. in that direction. And, um, that's legit. Yeah. And so like, uh, I, 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 I tried everything. I, you know, a lot of times it happened when my wife wasn't even home. So there's nobody else in the apartment. It's just her and I, and she wasn't there. And, uh, you know, I would I would try to recreate it and I would have her actually walk from uh, the bedroom to the bathroom, all that stuff, you know. But it really got to the point where it just, I was numb to it. I just, it was like, whatever, you know, I know it's going to happen and it used to freak me out, but now I just don't care, you know. I, I would just ignore it. It just got boring. That's, ex-
1: that's exactly
0: it. It's just, you know, it's just
1: the power of repetition, I guess, you know. Yeah. And to, just to kind of piggyback on your story a little bit, that was the validation to the family. You know, my father always had his nose in a book. So when the the shadow figures were, you know, walking there was a certain area where it was almost like kinda of what do you explain where they would pass. Um, my father constantly read. He read like like a full novel in like three days. But um wow. like me and my mom, my brothers would be my brother would be sitting, you know, around the television on the couches and the chairs and stuff. And one of us would be like, did you see that? And was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, like two, two out of the three saw it. all right, we, you know, we win. Um, yeah, it, it is. And it, what that, see, that's what makes me wonder about, you know, the, you know, the pages in the book, you know, the, the, you know, the, the frame, the frames of life, you know, that get trapped, like is, is something on a loop, you know, <laughs> Like in yeah. your house, at like whatever time it was, is you know okay, it's going to happen at ten o'clock, ten o five, you know, like is it something frozen in time at that moment, you know? Because for us, it was always like, like my mother would say, like, oh, it's eight o'clock, and like that's when we would start like seeing stuff. I remember it was like eight o'clock at night, you know, um, and during the day too. But it was always like when we were together that you know that we had a time stamp for that time, you know. But it was kind of all you know throughout the day, but. <clears throat> just makes me wonder you know like why do i you know why would you see the same thing kind of in the same area at the same time you know something trapped in a loop you know unfortunately you know
0: yeah and i've i mean obviously i've heard of that before and, you know, everybody knows I'm a truck driver. I, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how this all works. But, I mean, it makes sense that there there might be some kind of energy just trapped and in, in looping and not necessarily a spirit, not necessarily a demon or anything like that. Uh, did I just say demon? No, it's demon. <laughs> I just added a D on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, like, maybe just, it is just some kind of energy, like, that just is trapped within this loop of... Time, but even time itself, they say, doesn't actually exist. So I don't know. Right. Like, <laughs> I know this is getting way too well, deep for me now. Concern <laughs> yeah, on the phone. Oh um, man!
1: Well, there was one thing that, like, always kind of. Again, I, I was never a skeptic, I guess, because you know I was touched at a young age with that garbage can incident, but um, right. Um, like Einstein uh, believed in uh, believed in spirits because. Uh, you know everything is made of energy and energy never dies and it always kind of stuck with me I'm like wow you know that's a really good point you know we are you know a ball of energy with you know two legs and two arms and a head Um, so when we die you know I do do believe in heaven you know but um, maybe our energy just goes up but maybe some of the energy just stays down you know
0: you're part body part spirit part soul you know so right the spirit and soul i mean i have done some studies and stuff on it, and I'm not going to get into breaking it down now, but uh sure. you know there's there they're two separate things, but they're both on a supernatural spiritual level, I would say, and then there's the body, but even just the body itself when when you die that body the the physicalness of it is energy, and it returns to the ground mm-hmm. and that that it, what happens it it literally turns back into what it came from dirt right sure. so uh, you have that, and then you know the the idea of spirits and souls, like those do, uh, you know, a- ascend into another realm uh, of existence. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, like you were saying, the energy goes somewhere; it always does.
1: Sure, it has. To, well, you know, according to our theory, yeah, it has to. You know, we're not our theory, but the theory. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The only thing I could ever really kind of pick up, you know, going back to the water thing with that back room. Is that that room was the closest room to, because, you know, we, we had a well, that room was the closest room to the well. Actually, my mother was the one that brought that point up. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but you know, to have one room that's just kind of bonkers and, you know, it's near the water well, you know, who knows, you know?
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. It's really interesting stuff though. I mean, the the whole the whole idea of the whole family being haunted and everybody's experiencing things. I mean, that that's something yeah. I think uh I mean, it has to be validation for you uh, experiencing it, you know, as the youngest kid in the family that you you you're not alone. Everybody's experienced things. You've seen your dad experiencing things, you know. Everybody's talked about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: That was the big thing with my father where it was just kind of like like wow well, that stinks, but oh thank god you know
0: like <laughs> yeah because it's know. like the handcuffs are off now
1: yeah like we're all on the same page you know
0: yeah right absolutely
1: yeah
0: well man i really appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing with us uh that's sure. some fascinating stuff i really appreciate it
1: yeah i hope i hope he gave you something <laughs> oh for sure
0: absolutely this is a great interview right. man i love talking to you great. uh if you ever want to talk again let me know Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you listen to the show on YouTube through Conflict Radio, you're going to have to change where you listen to the show on now. So if you want to continue listening to The Confessionals, you're going to have to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, blogtalkradio.com, or you can go to our website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, and you can listen to the show there as well. Now, I want to say thank you very much to conflict for just putting the show on the channel and allowing his audience to hear our show. It means a lot to me and I really, really appreciated it. If you have not been to the Conflict Radio YouTube channel yet and you've been listening to the show in other means, I highly recommend you go to that channel and subscribe anyways because there's a lot of shows on there that are very similar to ours. And if you like the confessionals, you will definitely like Conflict Radio. So go over there to YouTube and check it out. And once you're done checking it out, go over to Renegade podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or Stitcher. Hit subscribe, leave us a rating or review, and listen to those shows because I guarantee you it will make you laugh and it's just going to be a good time. It's a nice show to pass time with where we just talk about a lot of different topics and uh, I think you guys will enjoy it a lot. So go ahead and check it out. So with that said, I hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe and I will see you next Saturday right here on The Confessionals with a brand new baby boy in the house. I'll talk to you later. Bye. We'll